We welcome you to the Romantic Truth Podcast. The content of this podcast is intended for an adult audience due to the nature of sensitive subject matter and topics. Share the experience of Romantic Truth with friends on Google, CastBox, Spotify, Podcast Addict, Radio Public, Breakers, Apple, or any other podcast platform. Just type in Romantic Truth in the search and subscribe. Now, here is the host of Romantic Truth, Jowson. Hi everyone and welcome, Johnson with you here, Romantic Truth, and it is January 1st, 2022. Wow, hard to believe. We started this podcast November 19th, 2019, and ever since then we've been going forward. So, let's continue to trek forward, shall we? We have a couple of things we're going to cover in this particular episode. And uh, one of them, of course, um, in last year's uh, commentary, we talked about divorced single mothers and some of the advantages they had when it came down to attracting good men. The one advantage they have is that They made a commitment at some point, and that commitment was made out of respect in that they got married. Now, people may say that's really nothing. It's insignificant. What relevance does that have? It has a lot of relevance because what that shows you is that the person that they married cared about them enough to go into a legal contract with them, and they cared enough about that person in order to do the same. So, let's go forward. This episode, we're going to talk about single mothers that did not marry. Now, here's the thing. A lot of them get a bad rap. You know, guys will be the first to call them a whore because they've had children by multiple fathers, that kind of thing. But what we have to look at And what I always look at when I deal with a woman that has multiple children's fathers, first thing I ask is, why? And usually the answer is, they were looking for love. They were lonely. I can't tell you how many women I've spoken with in the past that I have thought about going out on a date with until I found out that they had a child with every man they fell in love with. This woman had six children. And what I look at is the behavior. And a lot of women think it's the children. And it's not the children, ladies. It is absolutely not the children. It has to do with your decisions on being with the fathers of those children to put you in the situation you're in. So basically, see, here's the difference. With the divorced woman that has a child, it's the situation that that man is dealing with usually. Not the behavior that got her there, but just the situation. In your case, he's also dealing with the behavior that leads to the situation. 
and it could very well have something to do with character. This is not to say you're less than anyone else or anything of that sort, but you may have had a different experience. For instance, I'll give you a case in point. I dated a lady who had never seen anyone in her family married. Nobody in her family was married. They just shacked up together, had babies together, and that was it. That was the norm. And so they thought that marriage was a waste of money, a waste of time, and that was money they could spend paying electric bills and light bills and gas bills and all the rest. But when you are not exposed to these things, of course, you're going to react in those environments according to what you are familiar with. And this is to be expected. And what we have to understand, see, we are so busy and so quick to devalue people just because they didn't do the same things we did or measure up to our standards. What we have to remember is there is an ecosystem for everyone out there looking for someone else to love. There is someone, but see, a lot of times what people will do, their self-esteem will get so low that they feel as though they need to be accepted by everybody in order to feel whole. That's the reason why we run into conflict with the concept of universal acceptance. Everybody does not have to like you. Everybody does not have to like your behavior or your situation or your character or even you. That's something you imposed on yourself. You can't impose that on society. Now, the choice that you make is key. Because this is what men judge you by. Ladies, you're judged by this more than anything if you have children. What kind of dude did you marry? What kind of dude did you have a baby with? What kind of dude did you shack up with? The next thing they look at, because when you tell a guy, oh, the baby's father wasn't shit, to a man what that means is you're not shit either. You can't distance yourself from shit. And that's the way we look at it. Don't call him what you are, because that's what you have done. So you might want to be careful on your wording and on your anger when it comes down to that X. Now, another thing too, when you tell a guy that you were in love and you had a child with that guy, the first thing that man is thinking is that, damn, that means that I'll be number two. So let me not deal with this or let me just hit it and quit it because you're now showing a pattern of behavior. Now, here's another thing that many of you ladies who get engaged in this practice do. You become very defensive about what you've done. You become very conscious about it. And you also have a problem with process. Those of you who know me, you know when a person has a problem with process, that means that you have hit the point where they're trying to defend themselves on. And what that means primarily is they start asking questions about you coming in with personal attacks. And the reason why they do that is because of the fact that they have no other plausible logical argument at the time, so they go on raw emotions. So I would rather get mad at the messenger than to get mad at the message. That's the way it goes. And not just with me, but this is, for instance, if you're in church and the pastor says something that hits too close to home, person gets up, get mad, and walks out of the uh, sermon. And the reason why they do that, because it hit them right in the gut, and they didn't want to face it. 
people don't like doing it. Because we are so busy wanting to feel good. We want to immune ourselves to feeling good. And avoid all of the bad things and the tough things that we have to deal with. Many of these women are actually going out having children with men because they want somebody to love them unconditionally. That man loves them conditionally. He leaves, gets another woman. That child's going to be with her for the rest of her life, the way she looks at it. And that means that as a result, a lot of times these men, these children that they have, boys, they coddle these guys to keep them home. What they're doing is they're crippling them socially so that they will always have a codependent child around. Some women do this with their daughters. You don't find men doing this with their kids. Usually men want them, okay, you're 18, you're 19, get your ass out. But a lot of times the moms want them there. If they're by themselves, the mom's like, who's going to be here to protect me? Who's going to be here to help me? Now, here's the thing that I had to learn. After my father and mother divorced and my father passed away, my biological father passed away, I told her straight up. I said at that time, well, this was before, now I'm thinking it was before he passed away, I told her. I said, okay, you guys are divorced. And I'm not going to play defense on who you will probably pursue as far as dating or having a relationship with. It's not my job. I'm just going to be looking for characteristics about him as far as him treating you right. I'm doing that because you're my mother. But it's up to you to choose the right man for yourself. And I just asked her to make the same choice she did as she did with my father. Because that was a damn good choice. I asked that of her. And the man she chose on the surface was a nice guy. But he was a wolf in sheep's clothing. But I never thought or felt any less of her for not making, you know, the best choice. Because we're all entitled to our opas and mistakes. But I understood. And when she recognized she had made a poor choice, she got herself out of the relationship. And no matter what, she could never get over the fact that her first choice for a husband was the best choice she ever made. My dad. Now, here's the thing that I would tell you. A lot of you ladies may want to look at the pattern of behavior that you were exposed to growing up and may look at it objectively from the one question. The only thing you have to ask yourself, 
Take for instance, if you had grown up in a household where nobody was married and there's a whole bunch of women in the house, no men in the house, you'd have to ask yourself, why? Instead of agreeing with uh, well, men are this, men are that, ask the objective question, why? And before you answer it, don't answer it with the same chorus that many of the other people in the family have been using. The next question to ask yourself, did they try to make it work? Then what went wrong? And what you're going to do is you're going to unpeel this banana of logic with them. You may not want to ask them this directly. This is something you could ask of yourself about that situation. And then you find out the reasons why it didn't work. And the only thing you have to do at that point is do the opposite of what they did. And there's a good possibility you could be successful in a relationship that would possibly lead to marriage and be the first one to marry in the family. I had a friend of mine. She was the first person to marry in her family. Everybody else shacked up and lived together and had babies. Right there in Los Angeles. And when she got married, first thing her relative said, it ain't gonna last. He gonna cheat on you. It's not gonna do this. It's not gonna do that. I wanted that marriage to last for several reasons. One, because they had some damn good strawberry cheesecake for that wedding cake. And I wanted to make sure that during the anniversary, I was there again. But it worked. And the one thing that her husband noticed, and they talked about it, he says, I got to get you away from your family. Because if I don't, you're going to wind up like them. And at first she fought him tooth and nail. And then she started to see how she was treated differently by them because she made a choice. Misery loves company. And once you leave misery, and misery has no company, they got to find a new friend. Now, ladies, those of you who've had children out of wedlock, let's first start with you younger ladies, you know, you teenage moms. You're trying to figure out which way to go. The first place I would tell you is See who's in your corner, who's, in, who's your, on your safety net. Are mom and dad supportive of your situation? They probably got pissed off because you got pregnant. And now that the baby's here, mom probably kind of softened up because she's got a grandbaby now. The very first thing I would tell you, young lady, at this point, get your education. It's going to be tough as hell to do. But and it's, and people are going to make it easier for you just to be mom. Get your education. The reason why I say this, you will need it. And I mean past high school. High school ain't going to mean shit for you. You got responsibilities of an adult now as a child. So that means that as you go into adulthood, you want to hit the, hit the ground running. Now, we'll say that the father of the child don't know. Maybe he's not developed yet as far as financially. He might be in your peer group. If he's older, there's no excuse. He should have his shit together by the time he's with you. If he's like a grown-ass man and you're a teenager, 
he should have himself together. And if he doesn't, oh well. Because, see, I'm not one of these guys that are really for these older guys being with younger girls. As far as teenage girls, 28-year-old guy with a 17 or 16-year-old girl. I have a problem with that. And where the problem I have with that more so than anything, I have that problem with the parent more so than I do with the older guy and even with the younger girl. Why is the parent allowing this to happen? Why didn't the parent teach the child better? And I hear people, oh, well, I told her. Telling her is not nothing. Did you set the example by showing her? Oops. That's what you have to look at. You see, one thing to keep in mind. When it comes down to something like this, people become very sensitive. Because people feel as though you're pointing at them. See, I'm one who separates the person from the situation, from the behavior. Because, see, the character of the person is an element of that person. That's not the whole representation of that individual. So what you have to work on are the character elements in that individual that leads to the behavior, that leads to the situation. And that's how you go about improving So in essence, it comes down to this young girl. She's pregnant. Father doesn't want to have anything to do with the child. We'll use that as an example in this instance. At this point, if she has supportive parents that are willing to babysit or willing to help her out, she needs to go to school. Needs to work. Go to school. She'll probably be on AFDC or whatever social program that's required. And she should have in her mind that that's temporary. As long as she can put that in her head and keep striving towards a better goal, she's in good shape. Because even though she started behind the eight ball like a lot of her peers did, here's the thing, and I've seen this happen before, with girls who were teenage years having children and they had the other girl that didn't have children that went to college and did all these things for herself and wound up, you know, doing well for herself. That teenage girl who went to school, got herself together, abstained from marriage, had maybe a relationship with a boyfriend, I have seen them go further than the girl who went the traditional way through college. And the reason for that is because she took things a lot more seriously. So failure was not an option. Whereas the woman that didn't have to sacrifice or suffer so much, she could feel as though I could fail along the way and still make it. So that's the distinction. So what happens, what we have here is we have it where a lot of times these women will think, I'm behind the eight ball at a young age, my life is over. And that's not the case. We're going to discuss more in just a moment. All right, so let's deal with a couple of other things here. When it comes down to the unwed single mom. Now, ladies, you've gotten a bad rap 
in general. A lot of you are associated with being indecisive. People that may be looked at upon as individuals trying to go for what you can get for free. Child support mongers, you name it. They come up with different types of uh, labels and, and stereotypes. Of course, you know, welfare queen, so forth, right? We got to face a few things here. Okay, there is some validity in every stereotype, no matter what stereotype it is, but it's usually based on a minority. But the majority is judged by that small minority. And that's the sad truth. We can look at something as simple as, if we think about it, remember the shoe bomber on the plane? Only one incident, one guy that did that, right? But what did that one incident and that one guy do? Make the rest of the world take off their shoes. For decades. Because of one individual. And being that that's the case, the fear of a person doing something like that permeated. Well, the same thing happens with stereotypes. A small segment expands to a large group. Now, here's the thing that I would say, for the most part. The best way for you ladies to deal with a man, and I'm telling you this as a man, it will depend on your age and your attitude. The two things that are important. A lot of you single moms are very callous because you've had to do it alone. A man hasn't done nothing for you but had sex with you. You've had a bad experience. Okay, I get it. However, no man wants a negative woman around him at all. Whether she has a kid or not, he doesn't want to hear any excuses. He doesn't want to hear how hard it is for you to be a single mom. I'm telling you, ladies, there are too many women that use that cop-out. And what happens is men grow numb to hearing that. And this is the reason why a lot of the guys just want to go have sex with you and move on. And the reason for that is because they've heard the same old song and dance before. If a guy sees that you have control over your kids, control over the situation, your kids are respectful to you, and you're at a point where you have now decided that you're going to take some time and really focus singularly on the man that you want, you're not taking your ass out to a nightclub to meet a dude, you're not going out to places that will obviously put you in that realm you stand a better chance of being respected the guy that meets you in the grocery store the guy that meets you in the mall you have a better chance with him and the reason being is that he's seeing you in your natural habitat he's seeing you as you are In the nightclub, I remember when guys used to always try to talk to ladies and the lady would say, well, you know, I got four kids at home. Now, a lot of women would say that just to get rid of the guy. They didn't like him. The guy was ugly or something like that. Yeah, you know, I got five kids at home. That's to intimidate him. To get him out of there. However, 
what happens with most women when a woman talks about how many children she has at home to a man now. The guy's like, and? Because the only thing he wants to do is screw you. He never wants a relationship with you. Rarely. Now, a lot of women have gone to this uh, mindset of polygyny. That's a bad move. And usually single moms want to do this more so than women who don't have any children. However, there are some young women out there that want to do this as well. But you have to understand, a lot of these people are reacting to what they've already seen in their families. Dysfunction. Incomplete relationships. Bastardized relationships. So, this is norm to them. This is not something that's an oddity. So, the only thing that a lot of these women don't understand is that when you leave a man to his own devices, when he has a whole bunch of women at his disposal, y'all gonna participate in some, some really wicked shit. Oh yeah, y'all gonna be eating booty holes and kissing and licking and sucking and sucking on titties and everything. You, there are some things, because here's what happens. Absolute power corrupts. And a lot of these women are gonna go in that way. Now, if the lady's down for it, all well to the good. Don't complain. But if you got all of these rules and regulations and complaints and everything, he just bounce you out and find somebody else. Now, here's the problem that most people have with these relationships, because I have a couple of friends of mine that are in these relationships and they're experiencing two of these same problems. One is the envy and jealousy among the women. Two is when they bring a younger woman in there who doesn't have a child and she's a threat to all the other women, especially when he gives her special privileges that he does not give the other women. You see how cultish this could be? Well, there is this belief that you will have a collective and with this collective, this group of women will be able to support this one man and they only need that one man to help fertilize the other women. Fellas, let me tell you something about this bullshit. The problem for you is if you fuck around and get in one of these situations, excuse my French, but I'm going to have to talk to you the way I need to. The problem you're going to have here is that you get five women in a harem and you get four of them pregnant. What do you think they're trying to do to you? They're hemming your ass up so you won't leave. If you're going to hem yourself up in a polygamous relationship as a man, at least start out with all of the women not having children. No single moms at all. Fresh meat all the way around. So in that way, those are your children. If you're going to corner yourself like that. But what I see is a situation where these sister wives will get together and they'll talk all that sisterly, brotherly shit in the beginning. And then when it comes down to losing you, they go to child support court. And your ass is going to be swinging from a million trees, trying to pay it. Trying to figure out how you're going to pay it. And it's not worth it. You're going to be monkey branching around from limb to limb, trying to figure out how you're going to pay it. I'm telling you. Think about it before you do it. These women are not giving you free pussy. <laughs> there is 
a fee. And a big fee. And you got to deal with the jealousy. A lot of you ladies are thinking about this. You're going to be alone in your room at night. He's going to be boning somebody else. You're going to have to get permission in order to talk to him at times because that one lady that's going to be his quote-unquote queen is going to be the person that's going to be the governor as far as our governess I should say who you have to go through in order to get to him your business with him is going to be circulated among the other women where the one that he trusts the most is not going to that's not going to happen in reverse and you're going to be delegated to a certain area of the food chain when it comes down to his emotional substance. So you may not be a priority to him at all. You might wind up being a sex mattress. This is not a good look, ladies. And there's some of you that have uh, talked about and you've written in about having a, a polyandry relationship. And Veronica out of, I think she's somewhere near Duluth, Minnesota. She's experimenting with that now. She has three men living with her. And all three of these men serve her. She has sex with all three at the same time. So you can imagine how that is. Then again, I wouldn't want to imagine. But this is what she chose. And she was talking about how difficult it took, how long it took her and how difficult it was for her to find this kind of arrangement. And one of the things that she said that was common among all three of the men that she's with, who all came from other regions of the country, they all didn't come from the same area, was that she had to feel out and find men who were comfortable with their sexuality, but who also did not mind their women or women being with other men in front of them. And this is what you find. You know, in the past podcast, I talked about how some men like to be with women who are considered to be quote-unquote used. Cuckolds. That's what they do. They love to clean up after somebody else has used their wife or had sex with their wives. This is not an uncommon thing. There's some men out there that really like this. That's the reason why there are guys that like single moms specifically. Now, I will tell you, unwed single moms are very popular right now for one fundamental reason as well, that people don't talk about, especially in the Atlanta area and different places, because these men write in about this. They're sleeping with more single unwed mothers because they are afraid that they may mess around and get with a trans woman by accident. And some of these men, men have gone through that measure to reassure themselves that if they're going to be with a woman, they want to be with a biological woman. They don't want to be with somebody that's not. Makes sense. Other guys have dated women of other races just to make sure that they run into a less likelihood of it. But this is where some people are going. And single mothers do have it hard. There was a lady in Washington, D.C. 
who's a single mom, who got in a fight with a trans woman over the fact that the trans woman had told a lie on social media that she had been with this woman's boyfriend. And so she went and confronted the trans woman about this. Found out that the whole situation was fabricated by her and put online. And so the gentleman's reputation was ruined. And not only that, the relationship that she had with the man was ruined as well. And the sad thing about it was this. This guy never was even interested in this person, barely knew this individual, and this individual was trying to throw themselves onto him. This is pathetic. But this is what happens. It's sad that it happens this way. Now, If you're a single unwed mother in your 20s, you still have an opportunity to turn things around in your favor totally. Youth is your friend. Education is your confidant and can help you to get back to where you need to be as far as in the grand scheme of things so that you can claim what you deserve. But here are some things you need to do. One, a moratorium on children. Don't have any more. Now, here's the problem that you have, and I'll tell you up front. Trying to hold sex out from another from a guy is not a good idea for one reason. The reason being is he's gonna look at you like this one lady was on uh, Kevin Samuel's show, and she was talking about how she was a born-again virgin. And she had several children and he mentioned that she had several people that came out of her and she thought that was disrespectful it was the truth this is an old thing that we used to do out when I used to date back in the day one would come and say she's a born again virgin how can you be and you've had four or five kids well in my mind I said yes in your mind yes but in your vagina no Get that notion out of your head. It doesn't work. When men hear a woman say that, we think you're delusional. Be more realistic about your approach. Okay, you've made some mistakes by choosing the wrong guy. And made some mistakes by choosing the wrong guy to a point of having children with him. Children weren't the mistake. Your decisions were. If you can own your decisions... And then operate from that and go forward instead of pointing the finger only at the baby daddy, talking about how he's a deadbeat and what he doesn't do. You'll probably get a better response from men. But see, what we usually see is baby daddy ain't shit, blah, blah, blah. First thing we think, baby daddy ain't shit, you ain't shit either. That's the way we look at it. The minute you own your portion of it, that's when we start looking at, oh, well, at least she's responsible. She's accountable. 
Let me see if she has integrity. Let me see if I can trust her. That's where we go with this man. That's what we look for. More in a moment. Now, there's a lot of guys in the manosphere that would say you would be the last person they would date. A single unwed mom. But what you have to understand, too, is this. Would you be treated fairly even if you were in a relationship with those men? Probably not. Because they would still have that prejudice against you in the relationship. But see, some of you ladies go for places and things and situations where you're not wanted because of this universal acceptance belief. Oh, I'm going to bogart my way in there and you're going to love me and you're going to like me regardless. Nope, that's not the case. You're going to step your ass out and that's it. Because the guys don't want to deal with that. See, as a man, when we know we don't belong somewhere, guess what we do? We don't go there. We don't try to cry and make somebody like us and all this other stuff. We just don't go there. We move our asses on somewhere else where we're appreciated. But see, we know this more so than you ladies because we get rejected more as men than you do as women. As a woman, you could come to a car dealership and not even have a dime to your name. Guess what's gonna more than likely happen? One of those car salesmen is going to try to get you into a car that day with no money down. He's going to flip over backwards. He's going to try his best to get you in that car. Because if he can get you in that car, got the commission, and if he can get a date with you, that's even better. So he has that working at his advantage. But now I want you to think about something for a moment. What if a man came in there? He's going to more than likely be met by another man, right? Now, they might put a woman in there in order to sell him the car. Nine times out of ten, she's going to be in a relationship and have a boyfriend anyway, and she's not interested in having a relationship with the customer. She's going to be all about business. So she'll get the guy in the car, provided he qualifies, but she's not going to bend over backwards to get him in. So you have that double standard in our society. And it works well for women. Now, the reason why I bring this up is because you hear a lot of women cry about equality. But many of those same women look at that particular advantage they may have with that bias. And they say, well, we don't want to give up that component of it as well. We want the equal rights, but we also want that, that privilege that we have as women. We don't want to lose that either. And this is where there's a disconnect between the manosphere and feminism because the perceptions are different. Now, another thing, ladies. If you have a pleasant attitude and you smile and you're not still stuck into that mode of anger about the baby's father, what they're not doing or whatever, you stand a better chance of landing a decent relationship with a guy. That's really going to give you a second chance and give you a chance. 
Because, see, you got to remember, even if you have these children, there are men that are still going to be vying for your attention. There are men that are still going to be going for you. But what a man is afraid of is getting with a woman like you with children and you still trying to go for the attention of other men, the approval of other men. You see it a lot. I remember I was dating this one woman, and she insisted she consistently wanted to go out all the time. And then she started going out with without me, with her girlfriends. And at first I thought I said, okay, that's cool. And then my friend was telling me, he said, man, I see her out all the time with her girls. And he said she's always flirting, messing around with the guys, blah blah blah. And I said, well, you know, it's about time for me to cut that off anyway because I'm not really feeling her. That's the reason why I haven't raised this thing about her being out. And I realized in myself what I'd done, I'd signed on something, signed on to something that I really didn't condone. So she came over one evening and wanted to know, hey, well, we're going out tonight. We're not. Why not? Because it's over. Why is it over? We don't need to be together because you're still seeking the attention of other men. Well, you know, I like when they smile and when they laugh and we just chit-chat and talk. I say, yeah, and that's why you need to be by yourself because apparently you haven't matured enough yet emotionally. So have fun at it. And of course, I got cussed out as usual. She went out there, got the attention of men, Finally found a new boyfriend. She decided that she was going to still try to engage in that lifestyle. He didn't take it so kindly. She wound up with raccoon eyes. She called me up. Told me she couldn't believe that he got that angry. First bout of domestic violence she ever experienced in her life was with him. And what eventually happened, she quit going out to the nightclubs, and she became very submissive, very passive-aggressive, and it took her years before she got the courage to divorce him. Years. And she wasn't the same person anymore. I had lunch with her about seven years after she had gone through that whole cycle of madness met up on Facebook and she was like yeah well you know let's go somewhere and have lunch went to the farmer's market in Los Angeles totally different person totally different person I mean it was like the air had been deflated out of a balloon personality was flat no spontaneity and at one point I looked at her as if to say I can't believe I ever dated her. Total opposite. But she had gone through it. And then I asked her, I said, you remember the girl you were when I was dating you and I told you that, you know, she was like, you know, I didn't realize that at that time you were the only approval I needed. I just felt as though I needed to get more. But what it came down to it was about her ego. A lot of these women on Instagram, same thing. Twitter, 
Twitter, they have straight up porn. People sucking and fucking and doing everything on Twitter. I don't know what's up with that. Facebook. They'll let a trans woman expose her ass. Nobody says a word. Crack and all. Regular female, biological female, try to do the same. Oh, they flagging her. They taking her account down. Same thing goes true on Facebook. I'm not Facebook, but Instagram as well. Because right now, that's a protective class. Nobody messes with them. Because they're protected. You're picking on them if you do. If you apply the same rules across the board to everyone, but now it's skewed where certain people get certain passes and others don't. Now, some of you single moms, I'm with, have decided to move in with other single moms and become lovers, at least until you find a man to share. Some of the guys will go for this, others won't. Now, a few women I know started out doing this before they co-signed on to the polygamy polygamy thing. And the reason why they did that was because they didn't want to split up. They wanted a man that would accept them as a couple. So it all depends. Now, parenting skills, very important. As long as the man can see that you're going forward with your life, you're not making these absurd demands for things. Instead, you're humble. You're being yourself. He's admiring this. You prove that you're accountable, that you're responsible. If he sees that you're doing well with your kids, but you know you need some help, I'm talking about as far as time management, helping them with the homework, that kind of thing. He'll lend a hand without a problem. But he's got to make sure it's safe. Ladies, you have to be honest with him about your status with the baby's fathers. That means you can't be screwing any of the baby's fathers on the down low. If you are, you don't need to be in a relationship. You really don't. Because you're dragging a man into a quagmire. Because, see, men think differently of you after we have sex with you. Once we've had sex with you, some men will think of you as their property. Others will think of you as their lover. And me, myself, I just think of you as a woman that had needs at that particular time and they were met. But it doesn't give me an entitlement to be with you on a regular basis. It's up to you to invite me between your legs. But what happens with a lot of guys, they feel as though they're entitled because they've been there once or twice. Many of you ladies have had sex with guys, and after the sex was over, you say, shit. Or like the one woman out of Chicago. Husband was alcoholic, went out to the casino, went gambling, lost all the money, came back, 
think he went to Indiana to gamble. Came back. Wife was horny. Thought he was going to get some. He couldn't get it up. She got up, got in the car. He got in the car with her. She went to a dope bookstore, bought her a damn double-headed dildo, came back home, pleasured herself, and dared him to touch her. I'm telling you, it gets to a point when some of these women are serious, and they're serious about going forward with their lives, with their future, and the last thing they want is somebody to hold them back or set them back. So they don't have time for the foolishness. And true enough, they have made, <coughs> excuse me, they have made mistakes in the past. They might have made a bad choice in guys. But as long as they're not hooked on substances, I have some affliction that's going to impair their behavior to go forward. They can modify their behavior. And with that modification of the behavior will improve their situation. But it starts with the character of the person. They can have that attitude and double down and say, no, I want a six-figure man. I don't give a shit. He has to accept me as I am. I'm on AFDC. I'm not going to work. He's going to take care of me. And I got five kids by five different men. Good luck with that attitude. Good luck with that disposition. Good luck with that hard-ass life you just chose for yourself. A woman that's going to go and go forward, invest in herself, invest in her kids, and look forward to a brighter future by trying to go and capitalize on opportunities that's going to advance her career and her education. And I always tell you, education and career in tandem. The one thing that I hate to see, and I see it a lot, are these individuals who will go look at a few YouTube videos and then try to give advice on finances or give advice on other things. And they copied word for word everything this individual said. And the sad thing about it, beyond the scope of that, that's the limit of their education. You don't want to be that person. YouTube is not an education. YouTube is a social media platform. Google is a search engine. That company spent a lot of money putting that search engine together over the decades. I remember when Google had all the capitalization they needed in 1998. They could have done anything they wanted. They had so much money, it was pathetic. But what they chose to do was just to focus on the search engine. That was the most important thing. They stuck by the, by the philosophy of be good at one thing first and then you can always expand. Makes sense. This is what you're doing, ladies, when it comes down to your relationships. Doing one thing good. Being that parent that can redeem yourself from that situation and forgive yourself first. Damn society and parents and everybody else forgiving you, you got to forgive yourself first. Because some of you women go and beat yourselves up 
and keep yourselves down because of decisions you made with the guy you've been with. But you can go forward. We'll talk more in a moment. All right, the main thing is not to let the situation define you. You define it, okay? And the way you do that is after you realize what needs to take place and after you've forgiven yourself for whatever reasons, because some of you are really hard on yourself, you have to say, okay, I'm here now and I want to go to XYZ. The one thing you don't want to do is be a delusion. You want to be realistic and come up with a plan to get from point A to point B. Now, obstacles you guys face, childcare, of course, babysitting, that kind of thing, it's understandable. Um, even a place to stay, because right now it's ridiculous on the prices, right? So these are all concerns. Employment. Some of you are working two and three jobs so that you won't go on the system, because a lot of you, you just won't go on the system. You believe in working. It's admirable. These things men look at and men appreciate. They see a woman working and not taking the easy way out. It makes them feel as though, hey, you know what? She'll be a good partner because she's not a quitter. She's a fighter. But what a lot of these women have to understand is you cannot make some of these men into something they're not. So, if you're a woman that's out there working three jobs, taking care of your kids, not accepting any government money besides maybe food stamps, then you should require that that man at least can sustain himself. If he can't do that, you're going to wind up having another kid. A grown-ass kid. So, your standard should be that, hey, uh-uh, you got to at least be able to take care of yourself. I could take care of me and my kids. Can you take care of yourself? Then we could talk. If it's a situation where he needs you more than you need him, mm-mm, mm-mm. Both of you shouldn't need each other at all, financially. That's with any relationship. Now, here's the thing. Take, for instance, you find a decent guy. And you're getting things together. You're going back to school. You're working your ass off. You're worried about your kids. You're trying to take care of them. That man could help you. Well, here's some things you got to understand. You need to introduce him to the baby's father if he's so that the dad will know who he's around. Just like you as the mother, on visitation we need to know who your kid's around so you want to see who the dad's girlfriends are. Just to help so that you'll have an idea. So that you can build that rapport and that understanding and create that team to help rear that child. Now, a man that's getting into a situation like this, a lot of times 
women who are single and don't have any children will call a guy who deals with a woman who has children who's never been married. They will call him a loser. That's the reason why these guys don't tell a lot of these women that they've dated single moms before. That's the reason why you see a lot of these guys, these alpha males and so forth, go on and express the fact that they don't date single moms don't like them. Because they know good and well, single women will classify them as losers if they would say they do. That's the way that works. Now, if a guy has kids already, then there's a possibility things could work out a little bit easier. And then two guys can interact. But again, it depends on your attitude. Now, as you age, take for instance you're in your 50s, and your kids have now gone their separate ways. You are at a point where you more than likely are in demand. Kids are grown and gone. You're an adult. And a lot of times, unfortunately, you get to that point where you want to have the formality of love that you didn't have before. Here's why I say it's unfortunate. Where you're getting to a lot of times to start from in your 50s where you divorced, where you never were married, but you had the children, the children grown up, you had already done your job, and now you're looking for love. You're looking for a relationship. You're looking for what was missing throughout all those years for you. And what you're finding are men that have been burned out. Because a lot of them have gone through trying to provide things for women over the years and they're burnt the hell out. You know, they've gone through divorces. And again, no excuse, explanation. They've gone through divorces. They've lost. So they may not be looking for a permanent relationship. They may just be looking for sex or casual friends, that kind of thing. Because, and then you probably don't want that. You want marriage because you've never been married before and you want to be married before you die. I get it. But you have to remember, you may be in two different places in life. And this occurs more often than you think. Another thing that happens as well. Some of you may be single women with no children and run across a man who has custody of his kids. And some of you understand that that is not always an ideal situation. Reason being, usually the mother would be unfit for the husband to get custody. I looked at one statistic, only two million fathers have custody of their children in the United States, where they have full custody. So what that would lead us to think is that statistically, mothers are better at custody with children than uh, men would be, right? 
So what you have to think of as a lady is that if you're going in a situation like that and you're dealing with a man that has full custody of the the child, you may want to ask yourself, what's wrong with the mother? What the relationship is with the mom, with the children. Now, she could have been a drug addict, and a lot of times that's what it is. Could have been that she was abused as a child and she abused the kids. It could be a million things. But you got to ask yourself, are you prepared to go in? And at that point, see, as a man coming in to be like the quote-unquote surrogate dad, there's a distinction. There's a difference. See, that mom, that woman that goes in that's assuming the role of mom, she has a tougher measure. She has a tougher heel to climb. Because what happens is expectations are set for her. See, as the man going into a situation where the woman is in charge of the children, she pretty much tells him what the rules are. And that's it. There's no rebuttal, no ifs, ands, and buts. However, when it comes down to a woman coming into a situation with a man, he may have certain rules set, but the only thing that has to happen is he may not understand some of the sensitivities associated with the kids. Yeah, they'll talk to him about everything here and there, but the daughter may not feel comfortable sharing certain things with dad as opposed to with dad's girlfriend. And as well as the son. So many of the soft and sensitive issues she could address more readily. And this is not just for a single woman with no children. This is also for a single mom going into a situation with a man who has kids. So the main thing is not to write yourself off just because you're a single mom and you were not married. It's just going to be a little bit more difficult for you to find someone as a partner because of the stereotype associated with the behavior. And with that, they look at the situation you're in based on that behavior. Now, you got to ask yourself a few questions. If you allowed yourself to have so many children, did you fear abandonment, loneliness? Was it something of that sort that motivated you? Because, see, here's the thing. Once you can identify what that is, or was it tradition? Was it habitual where you just saw it all around you in your family and you just went on and assumed the role? See, once when you can point your finger on it and say, this is the reason why, what you will notice immediately afterwards is that once you have the reason why you did something, Guess what's easier to do? Easier to correct it because you've identified it, you've labeled it, and it's no longer a stranger, and now you have something to work towards in order to correct. And you may need therapy. And if you do, oh well, big deal, everybody else goes to therapy, why not you? So sure, you wanna look at it that way. Now, other things that men are concerned about. One, baby's fathers, of course, their disposition, where they are, 
what's going on, extended family concerns as far as uh, how many people are going to be involved in a relationship is the biggest question. Will it just be me, you, and the kids and their father, me, you, the kids, their father, their mothers, the father's mothers and dads and all this? You need to know this. You need to know what type of relationship you have with them. Is it adversarial? Is it amicable? What's going on there? I tell guys all the time, ladies, if you have gaps in your relationship, that means periods where if he cut if father number two comes over, he can't come over, can't be around, you better damn sure reassure him that nothing's happened between you and father number two. Because most men will bounce on that. They'll leave. Because the last thing they want to do is be held up looking like a fool. Another thing that a guy may look at is domestic violence with you. In other words, have you had any domestic violence with any other kid's father in the past? And the reason why men look at that sometimes, some men do. And some of us have this philosophy that if you put his hands on you once and it has not corrected the behavior, what's going to prevent him from putting his hands on you twice? These are things you have to look at, things we have to think about. Because that trauma is going to affect you, it's going to affect the way you treat your kids. It's going to just permeate. And so this is what he looks for. Is that, negative, is that attitude negative? Is she very combative when I talk to her? Does she always talk down about men? Men this, men that. Because I'm telling you, ladies, as soon as you go there with that, with a man about trying to tear him down and emasculate them, the way many men that are insecure feel as though they can counter that is to come back at you and try to sleep with you. They'll patronize you, they'll kiss your ass, whatever it takes. You think you've won the day, and once he slept with you, that's all he wanted to do. He wanted to get so close to you that he hurt you by breaking your heart or breaking in your vagina, plain and simple. That's the way they work. Now, we're going to close it out in a minute. And we're going to talk about one last aspect of you being a single unwed mom out there trying to make it, trying to put things together, trying to get your life together. All right, now we get to the last portion of this particular series when we talk about unwed single moms. These are some of the things that you just need to look out for and some things that will help you. Now, one other thing you have at your advantage is that if you don't owe anyone, and when I say don't owe anyone, I mean where sometimes single mothers will get themselves in debt with other men as they go along 
you know, it's like what they would do in prison where they would put down a whole bunch of items over your rack when you come in. And you go and you partake it of you eat the candy bar, you eat the potato chips, you use the toothpaste, you use all these other things, and then you wind up owing this person an excessive bill for them spotting you, giving you a loan, basically, for those items. It's the equivalent of what record company would do with a lot of these artists with the 360 contracts. It's more of a loan than it is an actual contract. So what you're dealing with here is something similar that men want to try to avoid with women. Because the one thing that a man does not like, ladies, and I'm going to tell you this up front, is for you to be working on transactions in the background while he's with you. What do I mean? I told you about the situation years ago when the lady wrote me, I think it was last year, year before last, when the lady wrote me about her concerns because what had happened during the 2008 financial crisis, this lady offered to work extra jobs in order to help her husband save the mortgage, save the house. Husband had a business, business wasn't doing that well. They were in dire straits financially. Well, she suggested that, you know, they go to their parents and borrow money. Husband's pride was in the way. No, we're not doing that. Uh-uh, no way. Well, the wife knew that the husband's father kind of had a fancy for her. So she had sex with him. And he made sure that they had enough money to take care of their financial problems. Now, for a long time, the father, the husband did not know where that angel came from how the mortgage was paid up, how the car payments were paid up. All of these things were paid up. And the guilt was eating at her so much until she wrote me debating whether or not she should tell him. And this had been going on for at least, what, 11 years after the crisis. And she still had issues with it. I told her if she told him, that marriage was over. I don't think she did tell him. But she did that for the sec and the sacrifice of the family. In other words, she said she took one for the team. Now, as men, this is one of the biggest threats we would have with a woman that's got kids, especially a woman who's never been married before. Because see, the assumption that many men have is that a woman who's never been married before may not have the discipline as a married woman does, and may not have the same requirements. So that's the reason why a lot of guys look down on married women, I mean on unwed mothers, when it comes down to that. But they could be just as good as married women. They could be just as good as any other woman. It depends on the female. But ladies, I'm telling you, being more attractive and more appealing, and I don't mean just physically attractive, because a lot of you do a good job on the cosmetics, but you don't do a damn thing to your internal attitude and personality. You leave that barren. Hell, I was on YouTube the other night. There was this one lady, and honest to God, when I saw her, 
She looked like a dude I used to spar with when I was back in the Marine Corps. I could have sworn that girl had some poogle sticks. I was like, damn. But when they made her up, after they had put all of that damn airbrush sheet rock or whatever the hell they put over her face, looked like a whole different woman. But then I, I said to myself, if I went to sleep with somebody like that, the only way she would remain appealing would be that she'd have to mess up my sheets with all that damn makeup. And then she'd have to reapply that shit the next morning, which means she'd have to get up out of bed before I woke up. Because if I caught her with the way she looked earlier, I would never want to be with her again. So if I saw the way she looked prior, before the makeup, and didn't see her in the makeup, I'd probably appreciate her for who she was. It's kind of interesting. But seeing this cat and mouse game today, the way we have things set up, men trying to look like women, vice versa, what we're having now is a lot of confusion. And with this confusion that we're having, what's causing things to happen is that a lot of these single moms now are in demand because a lot of these guys are running scared. They are afraid because they know if they even associate in some cases with a trans woman, boom, there you go, career career ruined, everything ruined, reputation ruined. There was one out of San, uh, San Antonio, I'll never forget it, that I knew this person only online, never met them before in my life. And the sad thing about it, this person liked me and put on my Facebook page that we were dating. Now, here's the thing that I would say. And all my friends pointed out one thing. They told that individual that's not true because for one thing, how many women you know go and try to shame a man by saying that they dated them? They don't. What do women do when they have a man? The first thing they're gonna do is do what? Have a picture of both of them on their homepage have other pictures of them together and not Photoshop, but real pictures. So after this individual realized he couldn't fool anybody, friends on the friend, my friends on the friends list told this person apart. And they said, you need to quit lying, blah, 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 blah. And the individual apologized and removed the post. But this is what that person was accustomed to doing with people. And this is the reason why many people in the LGBTQ, PAI, LMNOP, QRSTUV, look, I am so glad. Mm. The people in, in the community, rainbow community, and I don't say this facetiously, y'all need to come up with a, a cool name because you keep going with the letters it's going to be the whole damn alphabet. 
And what's happening here is this. There's an element within it, just like with any other faction, that is embarrassing and over the top. Like I said, every gay person I know, personally, none of them go out with chaps with their asses hanging out. Mm -mm. Every lesbian female I know, they don't go around bashing men, talking about how they hate men. Every trans woman I know, they don't go around wearing pink and purple and green wigs, wearing these long-ass eyelashes and trying to speak like a woman and sound like a guy drinking Alka-Seltzer. These folks are very feminine, very passive. Can't tell the difference. And what they don't do is go out and talk about how proud they are to be whatever. Now, let me tell you single mom something else, too. Brace yourself for this one, but it's true. Some of these guys that are acting like they're gay around you as far as friends and they're effeminate, you got some of them that are gay that, you know, you guys get along with. There is a new phenomenon where these guys are playing that role, trying to get close enough to you where they can sleep with you. And the reason why they're playing that role is because they don't want to get rejected off the bat. Because as we know, when a woman rejects a man, she's pretty much made up her mind. Yeah, he can go and, you know, try to dress it up any way he wants. She's already said, no, your ass is done. And, you know, he's still trying to maybe figure it out. Oh, well, maybe she didn't mean it. Well, yeah, she did. Now, another advantage that you have, ladies, is this. Many men will be intimidated by you because you've had multiple baby's fathers. But the one thing that we're looking for is stability in your decision-making. Don't make the guy who's really doing the work to help you out Don't make him the whipping boy for all the sins of the other past fathers. That's on them. They should serve their own personal day in court for that. Plain and simple. And your man's going to get criticism for taking you on, taking on your responsibilities, going to catch hell in the family. Let me tell you, when I married my ex-wife, she had three kids from a previous marriage all of her kids were from one man I communicated with him we got along everything went fine no problem but let me tell you something the ridicule I got from my family my mother told me you know it's your choice I'll leave it up to you not my selection, but it's your choice. Okay. She was willing to support me no matter what. I had no problem with that. But here's the thing that I will tell you. 
the rest of the family, other family, oh, they never let me live that shit down. To this very day, they bring it up. I don't know why you married a woman with three kids, blah, 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 blah. It makes them feel better. They gloat over other people's failures. That was fine with me. What that let me know was, ever become successful, guess what I'm not going to have in my circle of people. Thank you very much for revealing yourself. This is the way you have to go and look at it. Because ladies, not only are you making a sacrifice, he's making a sacrifice with his reputation, especially if he's single. Now, a lot of these dating coaches, uh, whatever the hell you call them, dating personality coaches, what I call them, what they're doing primarily is one fundamental thing. Giving you feel-good platitudes. You can't live off of that. You have to deal with the reality of things. And the reality is that he's going to be under a lot of scrutiny. You're going to be under a lot of scrutiny. But here's the thing. If you guys are successful in your relationship, you'd be surprised how quick people change, how their opinions change. Many times there are people, people's opinions change about you according to how they could benefit from you. If they don't see any benefit from, benefit from you, they talk down to you. Just like with this podcast. When I first started, a lot of people were talking down on me about it. Now that it's up to them running and in over 100 countries, well, I've been over well over 100, they look at it from a different light. How can I capitalize? How can I benefit? It's the same way with people in everyday life. Don't be surprised if your family turns against you and then turns back in your corner. That's expected. What you have to remember is this. The people that weren't with you and they were conditional when it came down to a decision to be with you at certain times, you don't really need them when times are good. Because when times are bad are the people you will need the most. That's the way it is. When we start relationships, ladies, we start relationships when things are good usually, right? The guy has a great job. He can afford to take you out to nice restaurants and all those things. Very seldom will you start a relationship where the guy's unemployed, the guy doesn't have a car, you're broke, and you guys are going to Little Caesars Pizza to get a $12, you know, meat lovers. But you know what happens? Those of you who happen to be in those situations, guess what you do build between the two of you? Character. And then integrity based on the behavior displayed. And with those two things, your situation can improve because you're working together to build something. And as you build this together, you could work and you can handle the X factor as it comes along, whatever the X factor may be. That may be something you haven't told your partner, your partner haven't told you yet about themselves. And then you both deal with it as you go along. 
But see, when you have that foundation in your relationship, that's when you can do it. Look, society is the one that ostracizes you in the church for having sex out of wedlock. What it comes down to, ladies, a lot of people are pissed off because you had some good fucks and had some wonderful time. Society's pissed off about that. You had that orgasm, that screaming orgasm where your knees were like noodles after you finished and couldn't walk to the bathroom to drain yourself. That is what they envy. So they feel as though, well, we got to punish her for that. So, let's ostracize her for time and memorial, for having those kids out of wedlock. And she was in love when she was with these people. Okay, it didn't work out. So what did she get? Criticism for being on the system. But what she has to realize, though, while you're taking that criticism, ladies, think of a way for yourself and your children. Because once you get off the system, once you get away from those people that are criticizing you, once you get into a place where you can actually do better for you and your, your kids and you can make a more comprehensive assessment on the man you want in your life and not what your heart wanted, where you can look at the logical side of things behind the emotions, then you can make a better choice. And then after you make that better choice and you become successful, at whatever you do, you'll be surprised how the naysayers turn around and say, that's my girl. They didn't say that shit before. I dated a single mother one time and she told me straight up, she says, uh, I want us to have a relationship but I don't want us to get serious and here's why. She says, I got to correct a mistake that I made. And I was like, well, the kids are not a mistake. She said, no. She said, the mistake I made was exposing them to this lifestyle of me being poor and bringing them into this world. I got to correct that. Let me tell you something. That woman did. She went to El Camino College down there in, uh, I believe it's down in Torrance, Harbor City. Got her little associate degree, went on. Got her bachelor's. I think Cal State Northridge. And then when I got her master's, this woman took care of her kids. Not one dime of child support, she had three. She was on EBT and she worked several jobs. We had a decent relationship. If I could get around to dating her because she was scheduled for classes so much. I remember sometimes I would go into class with her and that would be our date because she was focused. She was determined that she wasn't going to be a statistic. And boy, her sisters used to tear her apart. Girl, you ain't going to be shit. You're going to be just like the guys that gave you the babies. Mm -mm. She held true to her word. And what was funny, I'll never forget it, when she got her master's, she got her master's about, 
I think a year after I got mine. I think she got it in 2010, I got mine in 2009. And so I asked her, I said, well, what are you going to do now, get married? She said, oh, hell no. She said, I'm having too much fun now. I'm making too much money. I can go anywhere I want to in the world. My kids are almost done with school. She was in that sweet spot. And what she was getting ready to do was pick up her life from when she started from the last child she had, or from the first child she had. See, what happens with a lot of women when they have children, sometimes they quit growing at the age that they had the child. And what happens then? Big question, she's 13 and gets pregnant. Well, when a child gets 13, she would look at it from the standpoint of, well, now she is my peer. But she wouldn't say that. But that's where they would really connect at, at that point. Even though she had to go through the sacrifices and everything to bring that child up to speed. That's what be where it is. She'd be 26, the child would be 13. Which means they might have more of a casual friendship or relationship. And this is what men fear. Because at that point, she walked around the house calling her mom girlfriend, giving her high fives. That child, she's waiting to become 21. And when that child becomes 21, she's the mama be, what, 34? No, 33. And so now, there's a homegirl. And the reason why I talk about this is because I've met a many mom-daughter duos like this. I had a situation one time that was so awkward where the mom and the daughter were trying to debate who was going to date me. Yeah, me and my mom, we need to talk for a minute. Okay. It happens. So you see, there's a lot of options that men have to go through when it comes to dealing with single moms, single unwed mothers especially. And it's nothing that makes you bad. It's nothing that's taking you down. What this is, it puts you in a light where you understand now some of the challenges that you have. I hope I expressed as many as I could to you so that you understand that it's not about you being a bad person. Because we're in this era of blame. Men are blaming women, women are blaming men, and nobody's hearing each other. Like I said, what really needs to happen with this gender war in the United States between feminists and uh, these uh, uh, masculine types 
They just need to have one day of free fucking where everybody just go put on condoms and just go for it. Get it out of your system. The extremes, the extreme is uh, masculine men, feminine women, just get it out there. Get it all out there. And then after it, then everybody can go and probably concentrate a little bit more on what they want to do because they got that tension and anger out the way. Half of them will probably forget why they were upset with the other side in the first place. But in any case, ladies, one thing I want you to take from this, if nothing else, if you're a single unwed mom, you can still have a fulfilling life and relationship. And there's always somebody out there to love you. Take care. Romantic Truth would like to take this opportunity and applaud our listeners and over 40 countries for their support. If you need someone to talk to in regards to help, you may contact the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 800-273-8255, available 24 hours. All correspondences read on the show have been pre-screened and pre-approved by the submitter to be aired on the show. The views and opinions of this podcast does not reflect those of Romantic Truth, Anchor, Spotify, or any of its affiliates. The opinions expressed are solely those of the host and guests, and should not be deemed as professional guidance, advice, or a professional practice. In the event you may need professional assistance, contact your local federal, state, or county agencies for specific assistance in social services, family counseling, or mental health services. For all medical, legal, and financial services please contact the appropriate licensed and certified professionals within your region. The music that is provided on this podcast that is not provided by Anchor is used under waiver by Jaws and One Music for fair use. Please be advised that the content of this podcast is under copyright by Romantic Truth and James Adams.